When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to another chapter of the Book of Sean. It's going to be a great show tonight. You're going to be glad you showed up. <laughs> I'm telling you, we're going to have a good time, even if it kills us. <laughs> we got a lot of ground to cover. My dear sister Roxanne is here. Yes, yes, yes. We're going to talk about her journey. Journey of the heart. Everybody's traveling along the resources and the recesses and the rivers of their heart. You're right. But everybody's journey is not the same. And you can learn from somebody else's journey. That's why I bring people on the show who have different life experiences and journeys than you. So that you don't have to go through what they went through. You can learn from what they're doing or what they didn't do, what they did well, what they didn't do well. And my sister's here tonight because she has an amazing story of what it means to have something, to lose something, and then to want something again. Hot grease, baby. I'm trying to tell you. We're going to listen to her heart and her life, and what it is that makes her, I think, an amazing representation of the best and the height and the glory of what it means to be a black woman, a woman in this world, in this digital world, trying to find something analog. (laughs) Love is analog, people. It's not digital. Anyway, we're going to talk to her tonight. We're going to do some Ask Dr. Sean later. We always do headlines because there's a lot of interesting things going on in the world. Before I talk to my sister, I want to talk to you. Play the bumper, highly. Great day in the morning, people. Great day in the morning. It may not be morning where you are, where you're watching, but it doesn't matter. Great day in the morning. Why, why is it great day in the morning? It's great day in the morning because Letitia James, the Attorney General of the State of New York, is bringing a lawsuit against Donald Trump, his organization, and his adult children. For all the shenanigans and craziness that they've been doing, the lying and the stealing and acting like low-down, dirty dogs, allegedly, (laughs) allegedly, got to say allegedly, I'm going to get a call later. So allegedly, Letitia James, the Attorney General of the state of New York, has had enough. And she's bringing a civil lawsuit against Trump and his organization. Take a look at this video. Mr. Trump and the Trump Organization repeatedly and persistently manipulated the value of assets to induce banks to lend money to the Trump Organization on more favorable terms than would otherwise have been available to the company, to pay lower taxes, to satisfy continuing loan agreements, and to induce insurance companies to provide insurance coverage for higher limits and at lower premiums. Let me just say, just from her tone, she's the kind of black woman you don't want to have a problem with. <laughs> you can just tell from her tone that she is not playing, okay? This woman is not playing. She's not here to play games. She's the attorney general of the state of New York, and she's laid out the case, okay? And let me just say something. It's about time. It's about time. Everybody with any sense of moral rectitude or moral compass or ethical center or religious sensibility, all of us are thinking it's about time. It is about, I know some of y'all are, I know some of y'all don't believe in holding rich white people accountability and you think that people should be able to get away with whatever they want to do for as long as they want to do it and they should never have to be held accountable and they can break the law and lie and steal and cheat and ruin the democracy and steal files and shove them in their drawer and they should get, I know some of y'all think people should get away with whatever they want, but there are a few of us left on the planet who believe that if you break the law and if you do crazy, at some point, you should have to pay for what you did. It's called equal protection under law. I know. 
I know. It's a, it's a crazy idea. And let me listen. It's about time. It is about time somebody held Donald Trump accountable. How many times have I said this on the show? Okay. If, if you voted for him, not my problem. <laughs> you, you need to figure out why you did that. If you didn't vote for him, once again, I don't care if you voted for him or didn't vote for him. Nobody should get away with consistently breaking the law over and over and over and over and over and over again. You can't you can't inflate your assets on insurance documents and bank documents. It's against the law. It is. That's what he did, allegedly. Anyway, here's my thing, though. I, I don't I, I don't celebrate people's downfall. I really don't. What I celebrate is the principle. And what's the principle? You reap what you sow. If you give the world a bunch of craziness and evil and mendacity and malevolence, that ultimately is going to come back. I celebrate that the principle still works. Sow the wind, reap the whirlwind. You give the world love and the world ultimately will give it back to you. I celebrate the principle. Right? I don't want to see anybody go to jail. I don't want to see, including the one we're talking about. I don't celebrate people being, no, I don't. I celebrate the principle that you cannot hurt people and lie to people over and over and over. And and before you get all suchy-muchy, you better celebrate the principle too. You better celebrate the fact that people cannot treat you any kind of way and lie to you and break your heart and do what they want to do to you forever and get away with it. You better be clapping. You better be clapping that the principle still works. And when people treat you any kind of way and they, and, they, and they come against your heart and your future and your life, that the same principles that's applying to Donald Trump will apply to them. Yeah, I celebrate the principle. You can't hurt good people and expect to walk away like you ain't done nothing. Come on now, talk to me. See, none of us are perfect, right? None of us are perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. None of us are perfect. But there are a few of us still trying to make some deposits of good in the world. And I think it's important that the principle is still working. Which, like, which, which makes me want to say this. You better treat good people right. Treat good people right and leave good people alone. Because if Letitia James is what happens to you when you lie and steal, allegedly... <laughs> and break the law and just run rampant. With, uh, if, if that's what happens, then treat good people right and let the good that you've done come back to you. But here's the last thing. You see, allegedly Donald Trump has been lying to ins- insurance companies and banks and all of that from the beginning, inflating his assets from the beginning. And what you ought to get from this when it's all said and done is really, if it started with a lie, if you built it on a lie, if the foundation of it is supported and buttered by a lie, then you can't expect it to last very long. Because you can tell the end from the beginning. And if you started out falsifying, and then when it's all said and done, you're going to have to keep falsifying to keep it going. You see, the foundation of what you have is important and make sure that whatever you're starting to have with someone, that that foundation is solid and is not grounded on something crazy. At least something that's going to get you in trouble with Letitia James. <laughs> Ooh, y'all pray for me because I'm saved and I ain't all the way delivered. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's talk about banning books. Banning books, two, three. They want to ban books in America. Thankfully, a Virginia court has dismissed an attempt uh, to ban two books uh, that were being distributed in the libraries in the great state of the the great Commonwealth of Virginia. And based upon a baseless obscurity, uh, obscenity rather claim, uh, two separate petitions were filed by Republican politicians that argue uh, that uh, these two books, both of which have LGBTQ themes, um, broke the state's obscenity laws um, and that they should not be sold um, uh, in private businesses or, or to children 16 or under, and they should not be in libraries. And so these two politicians, Republican politicians, moved to ban these books and to make sure that, you know, people can't access the books. 
But thankfully, a Virginia court has decided that that's not what's going to happen in America. Can somebody clap their hands for that? That that's not going that, to happen in America because banning books might be one of the most un-American things you can possibly do in America. You follow what I'm saying? A country predicated upon the notion of free speech and that everybody has the right to sort of say and think what they want and read what they want and write what they want. How are you going to decide what somebody else can read or write? And, and that's exactly what these Republican politicians wanted to do. How, how are you going to ban a book for everybody else because you don't like it? What's the premise of that? Just because you think the book is obscene or you think the book is offensive, you don't get to make that decision for me and my family. You follow what I'm saying? That's how it works in America. In my house, we get to read, we get to read and write what we want. And in your house, you get to read and write what you want. And if you don't want to read and write LGBTQ books, then don't do it. But if I want to do it in my house, guess what I get to do? I get to do that. And you don't get to ban the book. You don't get to limit my access to what I think is important for me and my children to read. And here's the part that I don't understand. I don't understand how small government conservatives can justify the notion of making a decision for everybody using the government. If you believe if you believe in a small government, that the government should be limited, you believe in personal freedom and you believe in personal freedom and individual rights. Then how 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 is it that two politicians are going to make a decision for everybody in Virginia? You follow what I'm saying about what book they can read? How does how do you justify those two things? Those two things don't go together. We call it an antinomy in philosophy, two ideas that won't reconcile themselves to each other. Banning books is against everything conservatives say that they believe. And yet you see all over America, conservatives keep trying to ban more books. They want, they want fewer people to read books on race, books on gender identity, queer identity, books on women's studies, books on slavery. Why are y'all so intent on banning books? Do you believe that if you ban the book, that somehow you'll change history? <laughs> if we ban the book, we've changed reality. Oh, yeah. If you can't read the book, it didn't happen. Slavery happened. <laughs> it really did happen. It doesn't matter if you ban the book. What is wrong with you people? Stop that. <laughs> Listen. Even if I agree, in this case I don't, but even if I agreed with you, and in this case I don't, but even if I agreed with you that the book is inappropriate or obscene, I still don't want the book to be banned. Because there's an easy way to deal with that. When my kids go to the library or go to the bookstore, they can't bring that book home. You see how simple that was? Let's try it again. You, whatever book it is on the shelf, when my, when my kids go to the bookstore, and they say, oh, we want to bring that book up. You know what I say? You can't bring that to my house. And since you ain't got no money or no job, <laughs> that book can't come home. We don't need to ban the book. And second of all, I don't want other people's children to, to not have access to a book that they may think is good for them. If, if, as for me and my house, we not reading that book. That's all you got to do. You don't got to ban the book. Listen, I'm free to read the book and I'm free to leave the book on the shelf. That's what it means to be an American. But the issue here for most of these Republicans has nothing to do with individual freedom or personal rights or conservative. They don't like gay people. <laughs> That's the issue. The issue is bigotry and hatred. That's the issue. They don't like gay people. And somehow they convince themselves that if, if, if straight kids read a gay book, that they're going to turn gay. Where did y'all get that from? Huh? Has it ever been the case that if a gay kid reads a straight book, he's going to turn straight? It, has that ever happened? No. You cannot. A book will not make you gay or straight, okay? <laughs> Do I need to say this? In America, a book does not determine your sexuality. <sighs> All right, let me move on. I got time for one more. Let's talk about the pandemic, all right? And when I say the pandemic, you know, some of you probably went, oh my, what is he talking about? The pandemic's over, which is exactly what Joe Biden said just a few days ago. Joe, Joe Biden was at the Detroit Auto Show, 
And he triumphantly announced that the pandemic is over. <laughs> Even in spite of the fact that hundreds of Americans continue to die of code every day. While a lot of people took Joe Biden to task and gave him a very hard time for saying this, I understand what he meant. And this is where I want to end today. Because what Joe Biden was trying to say is not that COVID isn't president or COVID isn't real. What Joe Biden was trying to say is that now that we have vaccines and treatments and we have extended steps to help keep people alive and keep people from getting seriously sick and that now that there are no new crazy variants running around, what Joe Biden is trying to say and what he tried to say at the auto show about the pandemic being over was that the disease that we dealt with in 2020 and 2021 is not the disease that we're dealing with in 2022. And what he's trying to say is, you ready for this? In spite of everything that we went through, we, we survived. When, when he says that the pandemic is over, what he really intends to say is that we survived and that we're not dead. And that something that was stalking us and killing us and wanted to ruin us and take us into the grave didn't have its way with us. See, all Joe Biden is really trying to say is that is that you alive, <laughs> you alive. Yeah. And how about you just take a little time and celebrate that? How about in the face of all the people that lost their lives over the last three or four years that you understand that you found a way to still be here and that you remained, that the best of you and the worst of you conspired together to keep the rest of you still standing? And before you go running off to something else, you ought to take a little time and clap your hands and pat your feet and, and, and feel the soft, secure squeeze of earth between your toes and celebrate the fact that you ain't dead. How about you do that right now? How about you put, how about you put that pie down? <laughs> and you pump it up, pump it up, do something, whatever you do to be happy about the fact that you're alive and that you're sane and that you're healthy. Let me tell you something. When I was younger, I used to take I used to take being healthy for granted. Oh, you know, wake up in the morning, everything feels good. You get a little older and you start thinking, you know what? I feel good. This is a good day. Whatever else happens, (laughs) whatever else happens is whatever else it is. I want you to do that. We're going to go to a break. But before we go to this break, let me say it again, because you don't seem to be sufficiently satisfied with the level of joy I'm trying to introduce into your life. You ain't dead. You ain't crazy. You ain't completely lost your mind. There's still parts of you that need to be worked on, but there are other parts of you that are remaining true to the fight. And maybe you ought to celebrate that. Forget about the pandemic. Let's just talk about the you that you are right now. What an amazing amalgamation of goodness and mercy, of light and darkness. Yeah, you survived. And that's a good thing. Now let's take this break. Get you some more pie. When we come back, we're going to talk to Roxanne, okay? We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. So let, let's, let's level set and get everybody on the same page. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, just because all of us are in different stages of life does not mean that we all don't have some very basic things in common, right? Like we, all, we all want love. We all want attention and affection. We all want security. There's some things that all human beings want, and it doesn't matter where you are and what stage of life you happen to be in. We still want those things. I was just talking to somebody in the studio about Roxanne and about her being here and about her being interested in in finding and possessing and owning love. And the person in the studio was a little surprised, and I I had to remind them, when do we stop wanting love, people? (laughs) We never stop. And I'm bringing her to you tonight so that you can understand that no matter what stage of life you happen to be in, some things remain true and constant. And there's some lessons that we can learn from her. There's some wisdom that she can give us. There's some roads that she's been down. She might save you a lot of trouble if you listen to her heart and her soul tonight. (laughs) Welcome to the show tonight. Roxanne Watson. Hi, how you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing? Boy, you had me going in that last segment there, boy. Uh, before we even get started, I just want to say our family, we have two mottos in our family, and these are texts that we send to each other every morning. And one goes A-D-A-G, which means another day above ground. Hallelujah. Yes. And then, and we always say, keep it moving. Mm. Keep 
because you just don't know. Yeah. In twenty in twenty ten, I mean, after four years of suffering and waiting, I received a heart transplant. I was ninety five pounds, doc. The day I went to 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 transplant, I was ninety five pounds. Had been in the hospital for a hundred and four days, dying, just laying there dying. And if you don't think that any point in that hospital stay that I didn't look to somebody for love and help. I can remember the day it happened. Yeah, you know, you know, I want to, I want to, hold on a second, because I, I want to frame this the right way, because you, because I, I can, I can already tell that your spirit and your energy is here, and you, you have established yourself. <laughs> and I love, it. I love when people come on and they establish themselves. <laughs> so let's talk about that. I'm the boy for me. So, so, so in 2006, right? You, yeah. you, you went through this heart transplant. And um, and here's what I want to ask you about that, because I want to tie all this together. How did yeah. that change you? Oh, God. In 2006, I suffered the heart attack. Mm. I had a violent heart attack, which is not uncommon to women, especially. Uh, I was working and just had a pain in my side. I didn't know anything about it. I went back and forth to work for six weeks. And then I finally went to the hospital because I said, ah, this is too long for this pain. And I went to the hospital and they told me after six weeks that I had had a heart attack. I didn't even know I had a heart attack. Wow. I was still going to work. I was still driving. I mean, they told me, you know, you could have killed everybody on the highway with massive cardiac arrest. I had no idea. But from that point on in 2008, I was listed for the heart and told that, you know, it wouldn't be too long. And famous last words, in 2010, I finally got the heart. Mm. That was four years of suffering. And if you don't think that you're laying in that bed waiting for that heart, knowing that if somebody doesn't come along to save you, you're dead, that you don't enjoy your life and and know how important and how how beautiful it is to wake up in the morning and know that you're alive. Mm. He said, you know, just know you're alive. People take that for granted. I don't take that for granted. No more. Mm. No, neither do anybody in my family or my friends. It's, it's, it's humbling. You, you know, if you're not religious, boy, you'll start praying. That'll make it. And that's what it did to me. I was in that hospital on the 60th day. I can tell you exactly the day that it happened to me. Something came to me as they say, the aha moment. I had that aha moment, and I said to God, to spirit, to Lord, whoever it was, I said, if I live, I will do this work to make sure that I share my story to make sure people do not have to go through what I went through. Well, I, listen, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you made it. I'm glad you survived, and I'm absolutely glad you're here. And, and I also know this. I also know that even after you went through the issues with your heart and getting the transplant. Thank God for that. Thank God that came through, right? Uh, absolutely. Um, you lost your husband. Your, yeah. your husband passed away. Um, Next year. Yeah, so so what, what did that loss, because you've lost your heart and now yep. you've lost your husband. Yes, and what, I lost my mother too. Yeah, yeah. So, so what, what did losing your marriage mean to you? Uh, my husband was about 20 years older than me. He was a lot older than me, but he was like, I say he's like, he was like a guiding light. He was the person that came into my life to help me, to live, to save me, you know, from myself. I was a workaholic. There's no question about it. I was a workaholic and all I did was work, 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 work. And he taught me how to sit back and, you know, take in the sunshine, go on vacation. He was that person in my life that what, you know, that, that peace, so to speak, to me. So when I lost him and he was ill for the last couple of years before he died, it was a big blow to me. It really was. Because I had just went through the transplant. My mother died two months after I got out of the transplant. And then he dies, you know, six, seven months later. How long have it you was been single? How, how, how long have you been single? Uh, since uh, 20... 11. 
Okay, 2011. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. So you you've been singing a little while now, and you're and you're yeah, and you're, yeah, and, you're, <laughs> and, you're and you're here tonight because yeah. you feel. Uh, I'm ready. Say that. Say I'm that. Ready. Say that again. I'm ready to get back out there. There you go. Listen, y'all better watch out. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I want to just say. I just want to say one thing before we even get to that point. When I when you told me that I was going to be on the show, and I'm very, you know, happy to be here, and thank you for sharing my story. Uh, I put out a little teaser in my uh, Facebook transplant groups. We have a hundred thousand people that follow us, mm -hmm. and I just put out a little teaser and said, you know what, well, going to be on TV, going to be talking about dating, going back out there, and the power of social media. I just put it out there and wasn't looking for anything special. I was at a an event at the street fair here in town and three men <laughs> came up to me who had seen the post. One guy just said to me, I'm here, <laughs> put me on the list. <laughs> but of course he's like 40 years old, way too young for me. That's the age of my son. Then another guy said, well, if you wanted to date, all you had to do was let us know. <laughs> So, 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 Roxanne, that's 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 a perfect segue to asking you an impolite question that I'm not allowed to ask, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so, you can I, I have your permission to ask anything. That's what okay. I'm here for. I'm here to no, share. No, because and help. I, oh, hold on a second. I, I got to get this to two three. Two two three's over here. He's younger than both of us, and it's impolite. Okay. It's impolite to ask a black woman or any any woman their age. Okay, I'll tell you, I'm 68 years old, baby. Are you are you serious? <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. And so, so, and see, that's why we wanted to bring you on because you are representing for all of us that you know the need for romantic companionship and love. It, Absolutely, it doesn't end, right? Oh no, it it grows. It grows. It grows. Yes, it grows because you become mature and you know what you want. You know, it's not just about sex and all that other stuff. It's about companionship and partnership. Mm. A lot of people say that, but don't mean that. But as you get older, if you don't learn that, you learn nothing in life. Mm. Really learn nothing. Mm. This I, is a thing that encompasses way more than, you know, sex. This is looking for a person to hang out with, you know, a person to go and do things with, a person to enjoy things, and somebody who supports the things that you do. That's important to me because yeah. I'm a busy lady. It takes a lot to keep up with me. <laughs> I can I, I can already tell. But let me, let me ask you before before we take this break. Did you ever did you ever think that you would be back in this situation again? No, absolutely not. Talk about that. I I, I would that guy I was married to was it. He really was. Hmm. He was it. I wasn't worried about it. I wasn't worried about being married again or anything like that. And you know, God you know God took him, but He gave him to me too. So, uh, you know, I never thought I would be back out here, especially looking to be dating, you know, at this age. And my son is 40 years old. <laughs> How does it feel to be to be back here? How does it feel? Oh, it, I think it, it, to me, it feels really good. It really does. Because I, I like I said, I know what I want mm -hmm. and I'm 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 a, I know the kind of person that I am. You know, I know I know me where I might not have known myself before, but I know me. Mm. And my friends, closest friends know me too. And that makes me feel good because I'm just going to be me. If it doesn't work out, you know, I can't, I'm not sweating it because I'm worried about being alive every day. <laughs> I don't care about those things. You know what I mean? These are things that are peripheral to me. Listen, I, I got I to gotta take this break, but if you're not getting anything out of this, it's because you're a numbnut. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you didn't get anything out of that last part of that conversation, it's because you just don't want to get nothing. And for everybody who's young, right, if you're in your 20s or your 30s or even your 40s and you're watching, listen to what she just said. That when you know what you want and you know who you are, the experience is so different. So, so Roxanne, when we come back, when we come back, I want to ask you, what it was like dating the first time around when you didn't know yourself and you didn't know what you want. All right. You can already tell this is going to be a story because she's laughing already. We'll be right back right after this. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. I'm talking to my dear 
sister, Roxanne Watson, who's uh, absolutely amazing, by the way. Uh, <laughs> let, let me, let, let, you know, you, you bring so much uh, to this moment, and I think you bring so much um, just to the just to the experience of thinking about what it is people are doing when we try to connect with someone else. Um, you've mentioned that what makes this season different is that you have more command over who you are and what you want. Uh, but as I promised before we took our break, tell me tell me what dating was like for you before you were as settled and as you know confident and as clear. What was it like the first time around? Oh, I, I first time around is a it was college. It was all about college. I learned more about people and love and than I did in class outside of class. That I believe that when you go to college is when you learn. You learn in high school, but you really learn when you go to college. I had a ball in college. I'm going to tell you right straight up. I enjoyed college. I, you know, I dated, I went to class, but I dated a lot more than I went to class. <laughs> but I, I wasn't afraid, you know, I never was afraid of, you know, never afraid of being in love, not afraid of sharing love. That's the way my parents taught us and our family believed it. And, uh, you know, so I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed myself. I had some great, you know, relationships and I had a lot of great friends. And that's where I learned most of what I learned about love my friends okay but you you ain't answering the questions just just so you know I'm I'm, I'm I'm really good at this job I'm really good and I know when somebody ain't answering my question so here, I'm gonna give it to you again <laughs> what what's what was different about uh -huh. the experience of being or finding someone mm -hmm. before you knew what you wanted what was what was different I I think what was different was the fact that then I was just going out with people, mm. you know, just hanging out with people, going out, dating. It wasn't about, you know, looking for anything in particular. If I liked you and you were a good person, I thought you were a good person, I would hang out with you. Okay, hold on. That's perfect. So what, what's different now? Now, I, n now it's been... <laughs> almost 11 years and I I haven't went, you know, I'm not going out with people like that, you know, not like that. So I, what, what I'm actually right saying is what's the criteria now? So, so back, back then was the criteria was if I like you and you're cute, I'll go out with you. What, what's yes. the criteria now? Right now I'm looking for a man. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. Okay. A man that ha that has a personality a man that's got guts, a man that can hang with me, you know, and support the things that I do and I can do the same for him. Whereas before, I, you know, I was, it was more of a selfish thing. Mm. Now I'm looking for somebody that really wants to do good things and mm. wants to do good things, not because I'm doing them, but because they're a good person. I'm looking for a good person. No, that's, that, that's a, that, that is a great answer to that question. So, so let me ask you this. I'm 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 gonna mm -hmm. ask you, I'm gonna ask you two questions in tandem. Um, they go okay. one they go with each other, but I ask you the first one um, this way. What what's the hardest part of dating in your sixties? I think for me the hardest part is when people don't know when they look at me they don't know that I've had a heart transplant. They don't know all the medical issues that I've had. When they find out that I had a heart transplant, there's a little bit of hesitation. The guys are like, maybe she's sick, maybe she's gonna die, you know, and stuff like that, you know. That's what it's more more so than the age, because the age is the way you act, let's mm. face it. You could be 60 years old and, you know, act like an old person, you know, and I'm not saying I'm acting so young, I'm trying to be age appropriate, but, uh, you know, I think, Sometimes people are a little bit intimidated, you know, a little bit intimidated. I've heard, I've had people tell me, I, you know, you just like, you're too popular for me or you're too famous. I hear that a lot because I do a lot of media and all this other stuff and met a lot of great people. And they said, well, you know, oh, you're too famous. I don't like to be, I had one guy tell me, I don't like to be in the media eye like that, you know, like they're hiding out from something, you know, and I'm like, well, you know. 
I got a mission to do, you know, I'm on a mission from God. So it takes me to these places and you can go with me or you can't, you know, and it's not that I'm trying to be brash about it, but I'm trying to be myself yeah. and have a purpose. I, when I got that transplant and I got that heart from that young man, I have a purpose mm -hmm. and I have to live that purpose. I have to live that purpose. So you got to want to live that purpose with me in order for it to, ha you know, to work. And some people are really intimidated by that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I heard that you, um, you have very, you have a very interesting time with online dating. <laughs> is that, is that true? Look, doc, I, I, this is the truth. <laughs> I signed up, I get everything in that profile and then I don't hit that last button. <laughs> Wait, 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 like say, I, say that I again, it. what? I go, I go right to the edge. Like I pick the site. Somebody says, well, this is an age appropriate site. I even went to an age appropriate one. That's like for over 50, filled out the whole thing. And then when it got to the point of press the button to enter, I couldn't do it. I Why not? I don't know. I have no idea. You don't it's, know? It's, I have no idea. It's just that I got scared at that last minute. Like, you know, I'm going to get afraid, crazy afraid of what? Yeah. Afraid of what? Crazy people and people just getting in touch with me with garbage, you know, just like the wrong people, you know, mm. I, I had that fear. I do have that. fear. Is that the only fear? Be honest. Um, no, not the yeah, only. Yeah. Fear. Yeah. Your face just changed. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> There it is. There it is. <laughs> listen, listen, Roxanne. I may not, I, I may not have much, but I do got the Holy Ghost. I saw your face. I know you your, do. Your face you just, sure your face you just changed. What was that? What's the fear? Oh, I don't know. Yes, you I, do. I, I, yeah, I do know. I do. What is it? I, I, I'm a little shy, you know, like little gun shy. Let's put it that way. I mm -hmm. had one situation that was not good mm -hmm. and you know, that since, and it wasn't good for me. Mm -hmm. And it really hurt me, it hurt me because I couldn't believe people could be like that, you know, because look, I haven't been out here in a long time, yeah. you know, yeah. between being married and having this transplant, that's almost 20 something years of not dating, yeah. so to speak. So, you know, I don't, maybe I didn't have all my red flags. You know, I didn't see all the red flags. And, you know, maybe I'm a little blindsided. So I, I get a little shy when it comes to that, even though, you know, I have a bold personality and all that stuff. But it's just a little, you know, a little bit scared there. I understand. I, I understand. Out again. So, Roxanne, hold on one second. I got I to gotta take this break. I want you to stay, okay? I don't want you to, can, can you okay. stay a little longer? Yeah, absolutely. I'm okay. yours. Good, good. I want you to stay um, because there's a couple of things I want to do with you. All right. Um, okay. I'm, 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 I think by the time this is over, um, we're going to work on exactly what she just articulated. Okay. Uh, because it's amazing how you can be confident and strong and still have some fundamental fears that you're living with and trying to get over to do exactly what you say you want to do. Uh, she's amazing. Okay. She's amazing, isn't she? Yes, she is. We're right back with more Roxanne, more Miss Roxanne. But my mama slapped me in my mouth <laughs> when we when we come right back. You know what I'm trying to say. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking to Miss Roxanne. Watching. So, so let, let's do this, Miss Roxanne. Um, I want I want I want to give you some 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 a some 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 options, and you and you tell me you tell me which ones uh, you would prefer. Uh, and then tell me why. Okay, can we do that? Can we do that? All right, here sure. we go. Um, which would you rather have? Love or companionship? Companionship. Tell me why. I like partnership. I like I like my I like friends. So I always think of companionship as a friend. So I think the companionship. I had a lot of love in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, and that's see that that's that's the that's the beauty of this conversation because so many people watching um and myself included right we 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 are in a different stage of life so we're mm -hmm. pursuing chasing trying to get you are you are trying to you are also pursuing and, and trying to have something from, but from a very different place 
Like mm-hmm. you're you're trying to do it from a very different place. All right, so let, let's 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 do another one. Which, which which would you rather have? All right, good sex mm-hmm. or honesty? <laughs> uh, honesty. Tell me why. I've had a lot of good sex. <laughs> You asked. <laughs> let's let's move on from that one. <laughs> Which would you rather have? Someone who has money or great personality? A personality. I've had the money. Mm. I had the money. Money doesn't change anything. Money didn't keep me from getting sick. It didn't make me happy. In fact, it made me unhappy. So mm. I'm going to definitely not take the money. Mm. Here's my here's my last one in this little section. Which would you rather have? I need to do this more often. Which would you rather have? <laughs> Security or adventure? Mm, that's a good one. At this point, adventure. Mm, say more about that. Because, you know, honestly, in different parts and times of my life, I've had a lot of security. I've been a lucky lady like that, you mm. know, here in myself which I've learned, but secure in my relationship. So right now, I mean, I just, I just came off a cruise. I went on a cruise by myself, had a great time. And those, those are the kind of things that I want to do now. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like everybody should feel like their days are limited, but I know that there's a limit to mine. Mm-hmm. And while I'm feeling good, I want that adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, tell me about the kind of person you don't want. Uh, I don't like men that have no confidence. Mm. I have a problem with that. Mm. You, know, you don't have to be rich. You don't have to be. Matter of fact, you know, I had the best time with people with no money. Mm. So uh, you don't have to be rich. I just like men that are confident in what they do mm. and how they carry themselves. You know what I mean? And when they're with you, you feel good. You know, I, I like men like that. Mm. You know, you're 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 such a refreshing conversation to have um, <clears throat> because you bring such an interesting mix to this. I want to mm-hmm. I want to I speak to two things before before I let you go. Here's the first thing that I want to speak to. Um, mm-hmm. I, I sense from you that you've had some pain in this journey oh, yeah. in these in these intervening 11 years. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And, and, and that and that someone came in and did not have good intentions and did not treat you well. Um, exactly. Yes, I, I, I got that. But, but, but here's what I want you to know. I want you to know that that experience should not be emblematic or it should not be defining or it should not be confining that that disavows you of the power that you have mm-hmm. or the or the wisdom or the strength that you bring to the situation. Um, because just because you're 68 doesn't mean that you ain't still learning. It doesn't mean that you, exactly. You're still learning. You're still growing. You're still evolving. Right. And, and Mm -hmm. what I want to say, and I I normally say this to people who are much younger than you and much younger than me, by the way, but I'm going to say it to you. Um, just because Mm -hmm. you made a mistake at one stage of your life, Mm -hmm. Right in these intervening 11 years does should not mean it cannot mean that that mistake should be the thing that defines or keeps you from being open to what it is you say that you want and that you need you follow what i'm saying so so i think go ahead i think it was for me i think it was a learning lesson for me it definitely did not going to stop me from anything that's why i'm here to tell you that i'm ready I'm ready. I'm ready. You serious too? You serious? I am. You know, I don't have that much time. I got so 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 so. I speak. I speak love over your life. Mm -hmm. I speak. I speak companionship. Mm -hmm. And I speak relationship. I I I am believing with you that you're going to spend your latter days in the shade and in the company of someone who cares for you. Absolutely. And I'm believing that life and God, whatever you believe is going to send you someone who can both listen and speak someone who Mm -hmm. can hear what you have to say and someone Mm -hmm. who can say what your soul needs to hear. 
Um, I'm believing with you that 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 the best is yet to come. Right. I'm yep. believing with you that the that 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 the love that you believed and wanted when you were a little girl is still very much active and alive and pursuing you. Whereas once you chased it in this stage mm-hmm. of your life, it is chasing you. So here's my word to you. Slow down and let it catch you. I almost threw my shoe at myself. <laughs> slow down, slow down and let it, let it catch you. Let it catch you. Here's the, here's the last thing I want to do. And I'm going to go over the break. I'm going to go over my break a little bit. So y'all, y'all chill out. You mentioned something. Um, and I think I heard this, but I just want to make sure. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned that you, ha- you, you have the heart of a young man in your body. Yes. I have a 23-year-old Coast Guard serviceman, Michael Blaine Bogle. He was a fireman. He was an EMT. He was a helicopter mechanic. He's just a damn good kid. He just had an accident. And in his accident, he saved five of us with his organs. So there are five people walking this earth because of Michael Bogle. Yes, absolutely. And every I had the honor, great honor to meet his family. And every single person I have met since them meeting them who knew Michael, described him as the same person. They said he was a good kid. Mm. That mm. made, I mean, that, that gives me, even when I met them, I even had more purpose in my life to say to honor the gift that that young man gave five of us. And because of him, we right now, and we believe, and we're very, very loud and proud to say that we have signed up the most organ donors in the entire United States as an individual. We are closing in on 13,000. Yeah. And I'm proud to say that. I'm, I'm, I'm proud to hear it. And I want to <laughs> thank you for that work and thank all the folks who are working with you to get it done. I, I know that Michael uh, saved your life and, and he saved your heart. Um, and, and, and I want to say to you finally that that was not for not it was for a reason and the reason and the reason listen and the reason was not just so that you could breathe Mm -hmm. the reason was so that you could feel so that Mm -hmm. you could have the life that you deserve to have that you were born to have um listen you come back and see me sometime how about that anytime (laughs) anytime you just call me i'll be there (laughs) i I love you i love you too and i I appreciate you and and you you are inspiring to so many people i continue to do that and don't you give up on love because it's gonna catch you (laughs) it's gonna catch you when you least think it's in the room it's gonna walk up to you and sit right next to you <laughs> Listen, everybody, I got to take this break. We'll be right back uh, with some Ask Dr. Sean right after this. Listen, before I do some Ask Dr. Sean, let's have an aha moment because that was good. Here's what I got out of that. A lot of times we think we know what we want and we think we're clear about what we want only to discover later on that we didn't know what in the world we was doing when we was doing it. You see, sometimes you got to let life get up under you and live a little bit before you really come to the place where you understand, like, oh, now I know what I want. And when you know what you want and how you want to do it, you do it differently. See, I'm excited about Mix Roxanne's life and what's about to happen for her in spite of the journey. And she's had a glorious journey with health challenges and the loss of her husband, organ transplants, and the remarkable and amazing story that surrounds that. And yet she still comes to life wanting to love, wanting to be loved, and wanting to give love. That's how you know you're dealing with a good person. When someone can go through a difficulty or a struggle or a turmoil or whatever it is, and they still want to be loved and still want to give love, that's a good person. Not a perfect person, because none of us are that, but a good person nevertheless. And I just believed as I started this show, when I was talking about you-know-who down in Florida, Mr. Orange himself, that I'm glad the principle applies. And the principle is you do reap what you sow. Sow the wind, reap the whirlwind. If you give good, good's going to come back to you. Good's going to come back to her. It's going to come back to you too. Because in spite of what you've been through, as long as you still want to give love and get love, everything is going to be all right. All right, Harry, let's do at least one Ask Dr. Sean. 
Yes, yes, play the video, man. Play the video. Hello, Dr. Shine. My name is Mixa, and I need some advice. So my question is, do you think it's a good idea to apply for a job even though you don't meet the qualifications? There hasn't been one job that I applied for that I met the qualifications for. <laughs> so unequivocally, yes. You always apply for the job even if you don't meet the qualifications. You got to give grace, mercy, miracles, some room to do what only they can do. If you only apply for the things that you think you're qualified for, it'll limit the scope of what it is you might reach for and ultimately what you'll have. You see, I'm not saying just because you apply for it, you'll get it. But if you don't apply for it, I promise you, you won't. Give yourself an opportunity to defy the odds. And sometimes the qualifications that the job really requires are not actually what's on the paper. Sometimes what is really required to do a particular job, you happen to bring to the table, but you didn't get them in, in a professional setting and you didn't get them in a college setting. You got them in the great course and in the great college of life. Always apply for things that you're not qualified for. Always fill out applications and try to reach for things that are beyond you because that's how you know you still believe in yourself and that's how you give yourself a chance to have things that the people who came before you didn't have. Always reach beyond it all to see if you can pull something great and grand into who you are. Yeah, I ain't qualified to have this job. I mean, I am, but I'm not. <laughs> I ain't been on television my whole life, but here I am. Because you reach and you pray and you believe and good things will happen. Thank you for watching tonight. I believe in love, people. You know I do. Y'all be good to each other, all right? And remember what you've learned tonight. Yes. I love you. Let's go. Your favorite band's about to play a sold-out show. You got in. Over here. With a friend. And found a spot close enough to see the set list. They're definitely playing your song. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit.